You have landed on The Substance, a podcast aimed at being biblical, thoughtful, and human. Join us each week as we engage the culture without the culture war. I'm your host, Philip Marinello, here with my pals, uh, Trevor Aiken. What's up, everybody? uh, And Vincent Edwards. What's going on? A little behind the scenes here. This is one of our last recordings here before we are all in different states, so... Yes, Trev, it's been nice uh, recording with you. Facts. Oh man, that's that's <laughs> crazy to in. think about. Hopefully but next yeah. week we'll get to do this again. But uh, yeah. time is limited. But due to uh, the the grace of technology, I'm excited to uh, keep the substance going. Hopefully mm. this technological dummy will be able <laughs> to. Uh, hopefully uh, we won't we'll, miss a week. We'll get you. We'll get you straightened out, man. It'll be all right. So we got another uh, topic toss up this week. Yep. As of the recording tonight, we are at 79 um, Apple Podcast reviews, so let's bump that up to 100. So if you guys like this show, it is super easy to scroll down and hit the five-star button. But if you really like this show, we'd ask that you take 60 seconds, write a sentence or two about why you like it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us kind of chart and uh, use the algorithm. I've heard yeah. that could just be a, a conspiracy. People but say I'm, that. I, yeah. I believe that it's true. Like when I see. I oh, think the real reason you should do it, though, is because it makes my heart feel warm. It feels nice. <laughs> we love reading these. Um, and, hey, if you are one of these people, we got we got reviews of all star numbers. If you're a four, three, two, or one star lever, just, just tell us why, man. Yeah. Tell us why. Tell us how we can improve. If we, especially if we got a four. Could you get us like a little we got bit a of a rating? Of fours and it's like, we got good was audio. Was it because that one time that, that Philip had the computer mic? <laughs> <laughs> that was, don't, that was only on. on an intro. It was just uh, a little intro, bumper. Y'all. That was, that was pretty rough no, audio. That's pretty funny. <laughs> that was bad. No, nah, here's the deal. Like, ultimately, this is when when we engage as a culture without the culture war. TM. The way that you do that is we actually talk with real people. Yeah. This is a show by just normal dudes for normal folks. Yeah. We want to engage with you. We want to have a conversation with you. We want to hear your ideas. We want to hear your pushback. We want to hear your feedback so that we can improve and so that you can refine our thoughts. We can know what are some of the things that we can clarify on. What are some of the things that we need to think more about? For you sure. don't grow in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we want to start off with the, uh, the hot dog follow-up, which Trevor and I knew was going to be a, a <laughs> hot topic when we covered it. I think that was the last yeah. topic toss up at this point that we did. Yeah, I believe that is correct. We went long on causing a brother to stumble, which thank you for the great feedback for the folks who reached out to us about that. We saw some some folks were really encouraged by some of the things that we had to say there. Yeah, on the causing a brother to stumble, uh, we posted this if you follow us on IG, and I think we did it on some of the other platforms as well. Uh, one of uh, our listeners in Florida sent us a snippet from uh, the Bruised Read by Richard Sibbs, available from Banner of Truth. That's a free plug there for you. Um, sent us a quote from that book. So we we're talking about, um, on the topic of cause, not causing a brother to stumble, how a lot of people abuse that, and that's, that's not what the text meant, and that's not what God intended. So he sent us the quote, It would be a good contest amongst Christians, one, to labor to give no offense, and the other, to labor to take no offense. Mm. So... I really appreciate that was an encouraging reminder. I yeah. loved 
I've loved my time reading the uh, Puritan paperbacks with other brothers, and that was a good reminder of that time as well, and I've talked about that on the show, but just the just a reminder that we are in the seeking of unity. It, it, it is a good and God-honoring uh, goal, to not, not just to get offended by everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that there aren't things that God hates that offend God that should offend us, Right. but we're not... The whole, oh, that, that might cause a brother to stumble. Like, I don't like that. I don't like mm-hmm. that. Like, that's not what it's there for. Yeah, right. The text, that text isn't there to kind of like low-key let you be your brother and sister's Holy right? Spirit. Like, mm. That's <laughs> literally what it says. Like, yeah. Literally Romans 14 says stop doing that. Right. So, so yeah. Very encouraging That was words. not the topic we're following up on today. No. <laughs> We were going to follow up on Hot Dogs, though? Yeah, we got an email on it. <laughs> we did get an email on Hot Dogs. So, um, really interesting uh, formula there. So, yeah, this is very interesting. I have a listener here from Kansas City. Yeah, who um, sent us an email subject line, says, not a sandwich. Concur. So, I'm already with no, it. Already no. a hard agree. Already wrongs, but that's okay. I mean, it's we, okay to we, be can, wrong. we can accept you. Especially, yeah, like the majority of folks on that poll also. But I would I will notice. Okay, so we put up an Instagram poll. I know I'm like teasing out this email forever. We crushed it. Thank you, audience members the, on Instagram. The audience you are members brilliant and beautiful. But but see, you're interpreting the data not quite right because what you don't want to do, you don't necessarily want to measure oh win loss like what was 50 percent versus not 50 percent. What you want to see is since we had data on what the national average of people thought. Did we move the average? And the answer was yes. I don't something like thirty something percent as of opposed our audience, to like twenty something. 20. So we grew the knowledge base <sighs> of the yeah, audience yeah, yeah. in spite of Philip's recalcitrance. So anyway, Vince, uh, where are you on this? I forget. I'm I'm definitely uh, I, I've converted. I definitely think it's a sandwich. It's hundred percent a sandwich. It's a sandwich. I think it's just a subcategory of a sandwich. There's no. There's no reasonable argument you can make that it's, but anyway, let's see. Let's see what uh, our listener with headline uh, email, not a sandwich says. He says, you can work backwards and determine that neither a taco nor a hot dog can be a sandwich. Now, remember on the episode, Soul. if you, if you listened very carefully, we, we very much taco. distinguished between a taco. So and there's a, hot a taco dog. caveat, but not a hot dog caveat for some reason. Go on. With a sandwich, almost any bread can be used in any form. And it still essentially remain the same. This is going to be interesting. This is where I'm going to, uh, I'll dive into that in a second. However, if you take a hot dog and put it on a slice of bread, you now have something that is simply sad. It has lost its essence. If you take a taco and put it on bread, you achieve the same thing, a sad, unrecognizable mess. So, Filth, you, you agree with that? With that line of logic, I know what dumb thing you're gonna say, but no I, reasoned thing. I, I, I Try think it. that it, I think that it that it is um, will say a bit unrefined and from the hip, but it resonates. So I agree that a taco essentially has a tortilla shell, which is not a leavened bread. So this is a very different thing. These are different. I didn't think you were gonna go leavened bread. They are, yep, leavened bread. So these are these are fundamentally different things. Whereas a hot dog, if you put it on a slice of bread, he says you'll have something that is simply sad. Mm-hmm. However, any sandwich, almost any bread can be used in any form and it is still essentially the same. I disagree with that because you can think of counterexamples. For example, we established that a burger 
is a sandwich. Burger is a subset of sandwich. We've we said that it's a subset. Yeah, we, sure. we, right. It's In the same way, uh, we're, that's, the, that's the same argument we're making about a hot dog, is that it's a subset of sandwich, just like burger is a subset of sandwich. And I would disagree with that. Right. You disagree with hot dog being a subset of sandwich, Correct. but not with burger being a subset Correct. of sandwich. So a burger is a sandwich. Not every sandwich is a burger, but every burger is a sandwich. Correct. However... You can't just put any bread on a burger and it not be sad. What do you mean? Example. If you took Wonder Bread, like just white Wonder Bread, and you tried to build a burger on that bread, that is a sad burger. I'm sorry. Yo, in the exact I think there's some same burgerologists in LA that, if that you could took, do it up pretty dope. I, I'm sure they could do it with a hot dog as well. Like I'm sure people could do what to the extent exactly. that you could I'm do weird stuff it's a with sophisticated bread on a argument. Yeah. But I don't think that your burger wonder bread thing is as strong as you think it is. Well, and and to the extent that that is true, it is also true about hot dogs. No, like you're not going to be like, okay, piece of bread, going to slap mustard on it, sugar some relish and, and onion and then hot dog on bread, fold it up. A hot another piece of bread, one little hot dog soap, <laughs> one little hot dog cylinder, and then all this other big mess. Like you don't need two pieces of bread because you can just fold it. Well, then it's basically a bun, which makes it again a hot dog and not a sandwich. No, it's a makeshift bun. So it's a sandwich it's a bad with bun. one piece of bread. Yeah, it's just a like, hot dog on a bad bun. Exactly, just like it would be a hamburger on a bad bun. Checkmate. <laughs> no, because if a hot dog. If a hot dog is a hot dog, which is not a subset of a sandwich, which it that, is that a subset of a sandwich, it in your world, sure, but like that does not necessitate that the point is made because in your schema it works according to your schema. All I'm saying is that this counter argument fails because I'm not saying it's it a sophisticated on argument the, on the but burger I, I like counter example, just like thank every you. other one did. Thank you, Matthew from Kansas Very thoughtful. City. Yes. Keep it coming. Thank you. Indeed, that's good stuff. So that's our our hot dog follow. <laughs> ultimately, you just on both sides you have to presuppose before starting the argument. So I well, can see it from your, yeah. your position, Phil. Like I I could totally I I probably agreed before the episode with you, and then agreed after with with Trev. That happens. It's okay. <laughs> He's a very persuasive man. That's right. So. To thirty percent of the people, <laughs> yeah, man, or even less if they already thought so. It's true, <laughs> uh, but we got a no, no disrespect to the hot dog follow up. We got a very substantive email question. Trevor, I'll let you tee this one up. So yeah, Austin from Kansas City sent in this really thoughtful email. Mm-hmm. Very thought, super, really clear that he's listening carefully to episodes and and comparing thoughts episode to episode looking at consistency i love that and what is great is that he even says like i kind of don't agree with you on a number of things but like i'm interested in what you're doing like yeah he's extremely gracious about it not that we want like we don't want follower like follow us share us sure but like we're not trying to create Philip, Trevor, and Vince followers. Yeah. We're trying to create a, a community that is thoughtfully engaging with propositions of, of substance. Mm-hmm. And hopefully thoughtfully engaging with 
your local community of faith with your personal copy of God's word, right? Yes. Like thinking through those things. So very excited to see All this email. Say, we have a very, very thankful. we have a very intentful listener who's like, I disagree with plenty of the things you're saying, but like I'm riding with you guys. And that was just kind of a cool. Yeah. That was nice. Super yeah. appreciated it actually. So shout so, out to you, Austin. Yeah, absolutely. And so so let me let me kind of explain the substance of what he was picking up on and what he was asking a question about. He was concerned that maybe there was some inconsistency on the podcast between uh, an older episode on anti-woke racism where we called out um, a teacher in that episode. Uh, Philip is maybe pulling up what episode number that is. Episode 25 yeah. in December. So episode 25, there are people who are teaching that if you are woke, quote unquote, whatever that means a very vague definition <laughs> yeah, right? even even when they try to define it as best they can it still makes it very difficult to understand who exactly they're talking about and what exactly what exactly behaviors are, yeah, yeah and distinctives are there um but we are saying that applying these kind of extra biblical tests to, of faith to someone by which you are then going to apply church discipline is adding to the gospel, is ultimately creating a standard outside of Scripture, and is wrong. It's pharisaical and ungodly. It's just wrong Mm -hmm. to do. And like genuinely harmful. Harmful to the church. Kind of wicked. Absolutely. And um, so, so he was saying, okay, so I heard you guys saying that. And then later, we've had episodes with Daniel Hill, we've had episodes with Jamar Tisby, where statements along the lines of when you have unchecked racism in the church that is not being dealt with, it is possible, and maybe even likely, that if these people are just unmitigated, unrepentant in their racist ideologies, in their racism, that they're not saved. And perhaps that, yeah. And I, and I don't know, I think there was stronger, like I'm putting a perhaps on it, but I think even the guests put a stronger statement on it yeah. than probably that. Well, I think I, I want to let you finish. I don't want to der- uh, derail you. No, go for it, man. I'm, but I'm pretty I think, much got, that's the setup. I think that one can speak with urgency and with extreme language when it comes to sin. Yeah. Like we all hmm. struggle with sin because yeah. somebody struggles with like the whole thing that are evangelical, whether you want to call yourself evangelical or whatever, Christians who believe that the Bible is God's word and who believe that that word, word is knowable and like that's our authority. Like people who believe that the Bible yeah. is the authority yeah. can like kind of deputize themselves as like the truth sheriffs. And then it's like, I'm going to start like, you're out, you're in, you're out, you're in. And like, the goal isn't to like Mm. decide who's saved or not. Mm. Like we don't make that decision, but we can say, Hey, you're holding on to a wicked ideology that is against God. And if the forever response is, well, I'm going to protect this. I'm going to deflect. I'm going to evade like a genuine engagement with this. I don't think it's inappropriate to kind of think like, well, are you really a child of God? If you're doing this, anti-god thing but like yeah. the the end goal isn't to like pronounce somebody saved or not saved that's all i'm saying yeah exactly i want to 
I, I kind of want to take so why that. are those two things different well i want to kind of before i get too deep into that i want to i want to take that and come back to it in a second because I, I think this is also a good opportunity to talk about the fact that like sometimes our guests that we have on the podcast this is a great foundational point will say stuff that maybe we don't necessarily 100% agree with yeah. you know and and i'm not it's saying that happen. this is necessarily one of those cases this isn't a dodge i'm not saying like oh well turns out they said that but well, that's, that's them that's, that's just them and yeah not the substance because the, it, it gets blurry right it's actually really difficult like we are trying to have this podcast in a way that is helpful that is getting to the substance of things and when we have guests on it's true we are choosing guests sometimes not but a lot of times with certain things in mind like we are teeing them up we are to knock something, something out of the park that they are experts on mm-hmm. that they know a, a or lot or have about. something to say about yeah yeah that we agree with typically typically and so when we do that though and and when we do interviews like i think this came out in our flame interview probably a little bit i think it's come out in our robert p, robert jones. p. jones was on that six out the month but yeah. of course in flame yeah there there are things that that people will say that we'll go huh Right. And the reality is because of the moment and what it is when we're having a conversation with somebody, you have a decision to make. You can make the rest of the conversation about this thing that you disagree with, or you can continue to have a productive conversation conversation about other stuff. Yeah, we got an hour with people. If we got an hour with Flame, or we got an hour with Robert P. Jones talking about his book and his testimony, and he says something a little sideways about the doctrine of Super inerrancy. Sideways. Let's be really clear. Sure. Super sideways. Something that we disagree <laughs> with about the doctrine of inerrancy. We're not going to be like, okay, this episode is now about the convinced Robert P. Jones of the historical doctrine of inerrancy. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's not the purpose of the show. Yeah. And I mean, if he wanted to come back on and talk about that, more at a later time and he was super down with it like maybe even off air we would just we yeah, would do something that's like that. not yeah. the content we're trying to produce right exactly so that's the thing where our guests will say stuff that we have to roll with on air that we privately might be like ah. and i mean i'm i'm pretty verbal and trevor is too like trevor's very verbose in his like <laughs> thought process like if you hear us engaging super positively with something versus you hear us go, oh, okay, well, what about this then? <laughs> like, it's try to get back on track. Like, I don't think that if you listen to our episode with Flame, you'll come away with Philip and Trevor and Vince are all about the real present, like, are all about yeah. transubstantiation or even though that's not what it actually that's is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, it's like, hmm. Like, it's, it was just what we were talking about. And yeah. in the same way that like we're usually doing that those interviews in real time so we're hearing it we're processing it at the same time and sometimes like when when our listeners listen to an episode might take a little bit of time to hear it maybe listen to it again process it go through it again and and kind of develop your thoughts then yeah. and so i think that's that's a part of our experience when we have guests is you know, we don't have a script or anything. We might have a few framing questions, but we're not scripting anything out. So we're also kind of in that moment where we're we're taking it in and we're processing as well. Yeah, I think a guest would have to get pretty wild for you to genuinely hear one of us record a bumper at the beginning. And go the views expressed by so and so are not exactly the views of the substance. Like that's yeah. not yeah. that's not like we're grown ups, right? 
the the whole idea of coming to the podcast and being willing to think openly and some of the things that we've talked about before kind of we're we're treating everyone like adults in the room in a way yeah. and i'm not saying so this isn't to say that that austin wasn't thinking this way at all um i just wanted to clarify that because i think it can because it is murky like we are having these people we come are platforming on them to actually. platform them to say these to say stuff and so it can be unclear like okay what what is that what the substance thinks necessarily and so i just wanted to say like yeah no, whatever guests we have on in the future or have had on that you've listened to listen carefully and feel free to dm or listen email us yeah. if there's any confusion listen as a berean you know in a way checking things against the scripture but yeah 100 percent, we're a resource here too like you might find out hey that was kind of weird they said this i mean i even think about one of our most popular episodes of all time was karen swallow prior mm. man i love dr prior's content like it's super great there are points though that I'm like, uh, hit I that know. controversy. I don't. I haven't I listened don't to that one in a while. What do you think? What oh, sticks I, out the most? What's the peak? I think that um, I, I've gone back and forth on one of her statements. I, I bring it up in some of the episodes about um, how the difference between conservatism and progressivism is fundamentally about the doctrine of sin. And I, th- I don't think that was like. I think that was a little bit more. No, of she wrote like that a, in her book. I know, but I. I feel like that's a thing that sounds good. That not that she doesn't think that, but I don't think that's. I don't know. I think that's more of a bit I, of a it's sound. Something vibe. I've wrestled. I think it's something I've wrestled with, like because there are there are aspects of you know my movement away from conservatism in a way that is driven by the idea of sin. You know what I mean? That like for sure. I see it in more places and are more distrusting of the fact that like people are sinful. And that leads me to it in different ways. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying, and there's parts of it that I roll with, but there's other parts of it where I have hesitancies. And But I don't have time to explore that. Sure. On well, the again, pod- like Vince and was saying. And sometimes I don't have time to explore that on the podcast, period. Like, until this moment, this was never on the podcast. That was months ago. And all that to say, not every guest we have directly expresses our views that was a prefatory point yeah yeah for prefatory preface preface in preface that's pretty good whatever yeah and i really do and that's why i appreciate about this email because it it also highlights the fact that we're not we we often say we're not the end-all be-all of truth and all of that and so it gives us an opportunity to kind of let you guys in in our wrestling process as well as it brings to light that we are we know we are not the the arbiters of truth so we can come back to a subject and readdress it and um whether that's agreeing partially, agreeing fully, or not agreeing at all, um, we want to show that side mm-hmm. to you guys, so you know that we're we're thinking about this, we're praying about this, and we're 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 processing it as well. Yeah, almost halfway through already. So let's get yeah. to the meat of Austin's question. Yeah. So to remind the setup here, we basically have on one side the statement from the, the anti woke crowd that's like adding these categories of basically wokeness is sin in these in some way it doesn't seem clear but but they seem to have some category of that there and on the other side you have folks saying well these racist ideologies that are in these ways that we're defining right not in the broad oh you can't just hate on you know people because of their skin color traditional colorblind idea but like these these institutional and structural ideas of racism and these kind of things like 
these racist mindsets and ideologies. On the other side, people are defining and saying, if you're racist in this way and you never engage with it, you might not be saved. Or, or you aren't saved. You know, maybe they say it even stronger. Mm-hmm. So all that say, I'll, I'll simplify it even more for the soundbite. Like, is it the same thing to say woke people need to be disciplined out of the church? Is that one poll and then the other equally valid, like the, the other equal poll on the mm-hmm. opposite side to that is if you are an unrepentant racist ideology, you need to check yourself to see if you're walking with God. Yeah. Are those are those equivalent yeah. on the spectrum? Mm-hmm. And a, another reason why I really love this email and this question is because I was actually wrestling through this myself. It's not something that you necessarily see on the substance. And I think people might get the impression when we come with data and we come with our prepared things that we're going to say sometimes. Like, it doesn't sound like we're wrestling through things. But the reality is, we are. We're For not. sure. A lot of internal conversations. On Trevor's side, there's a lot of paper writing. I tend to talk about it. Yeah. Trevor tends to write. Yeah. I'm uh, usually writing or talking, but I, I, I probably need to be a little more uh, vocal or sh- start sharing <laughs> what I'm writing more. So these things are not the same. I'll just skip to the end. After wrestling with it, I feel like there are meaningful differences that you can point out. But I do want to point out that you want to avoid just the base tribalism of, well, I agree with side B, so their tribe is correct. And yeah, everybody not in that tribe, they're wrong and, you know, really don't belong to the church versus, oh, well, I agree with tribe A and, you know, they're right and everybody doesn't agree with them should be kicked out. You know what I mean? Like it can get just no, we straight up don't tribal do like that. that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's not that, but it, there's portions of this that might feel that way if you disagree with me. Because I think what I'm trying to do is create a biblical argument. Because here's the reality. Like you, you said earlier, the church isn't about deciding who's saved and who's not saved. But at some level, Matthew 18 talks about whatever you bind on earth has been bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth has been loosed in heaven talking about the ability of the church in the church discipline process to basically reflect the views of heaven regarding the kingdom of god and the people who are you know in and out of it like the people who the sin binds to or not let me be clear i know i can be brash and i'm probably i know it can come off kind of forceful when i say things um what I mean by that is, is certainly not that it is not Christians or the churches, especially the local church's job, to inspect the lives and the fruit of people's lives. It's it absolutely 100% their job. Explicitly. Yeah. Clearly. I am not saying that. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that a lot of people, kind of going back to the cause and brother to stumble topic, mm. a lot of people can get caught up in. I am going to attack and condemn the people who do things I disagree with and like attack their salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that final don't judgment go, belongs yeah. to Christ. It, and just like it says in Romans 14. And that's what it actually means when it says like only God is the judge. Yeah. Like not that we don't evaluate one another and Absolutely. try to try to be, encourage one another to love and good deeds. Mm-hmm. That would be unfaithful if we didn't do that. Right. But our goal isn't to be like 
the the capital J judge. Right? Yeah. So I think there's layers here, right? Like one of it comes down to defining something as sin. But the other thing also comes down to this idea of theological triage, which we've talked about before. Not everything is a first tier issue, but there are a lot of things, things aren't guys. Yeah. A lot of things aren't, but that's where the sin thing gets tricky because if something is a sin, <laughs> it kind of is a first tier issue. Like here's the deal. If you believe something is sin as a church, you're wrong to let someone continue in that sin, right? Un, un, uh, Unrepentantly, unconfrontedly. Yes, so like, for, for example, if homosexuality is sin, and we all believe it is, um, yeah. because the Bible teaches that fairly clearly, and someone has an argument uh, biblically and says, oh, well, for this and that reason in the culture, blah, 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 we think there's these loopholes and this kind of thing where, where it's allowed, and we're talking about activity um, and their homosexual living, activity not and they're living in homosexual, homosexual activity sure 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 proclivities yeah not not identity necessarily but act, but activity they're living in that that activity uh, this is this is probably a lot bigger topic for a later time i'm just pointing out for for our listeners who who do ride with us on on those kinds of things the idea that sin is a point at which you have to have some sort of standard. Yes. No. Yeah. Sin should not be left unconfronted. And that's where it's hard because it sounds as if what the folks on the anti-woke side are saying is this is actually sin at a certain point. Being woke. Being woke. Caring about the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized. And that is sin. And so, see, that's the... Exactly. So, so what Philip's getting at there is... At a fundamental, like to make the distinction, then we just think they're very wrong. We're like yeah. very demonstrably wrong. Yeah, hmm. and so I think that's the key thing. Is like I think that the definitions biblically, biblically, not and that's, culturally or yeah, uh, I feel, but like I feel like bi- like demonstrably, explicitly biblically, that's just like a very, very, very yeah. like untenable position. Because what? I think about it textually, like what passages are you going to to exegete that versus on the other side with racism and racist behavior, what passages are you going to to exegete partiality? So there are plenty of passages where you can understand the biblical call away from the actions of partiality because our God is impartial and reflecting his character and the ways that partiality it it reflects greed and exploitation and things like that that are wrapped up in racism right so racism is partiality so we can make that connection we can go to the text we can look at those degradation passages and see behavior and then if we see that same behavior in church members which if we have eyes to see it, and if we're having these conversations and not avoiding our neighbor, not avoiding engagement with those around us, not inv- avoiding engagement with political ideologies and formation, like we talked about with Caitlin Chess, if we're engaging all these things, what will happen is these heart attitudes will be exposed. Mm-hmm. And I know because I've had these conversations, like this Boy, is hypothetical. Yeah. Like the we've last seen year, how many times have we exposed? all had these conversations the last yeah. year? 
And so when you see those ideologies exposed, then you can bring the word of God to minister to it in a way to try to restore them. And then the person has a choice to continue in the racist ideologies that their heart has exposed, Which which is sin, or to submit to the scripture. On the other side, it feels like with the anti-woke crowd, all you get into is social, political, historical debates. I disagree with you about your interpretation of history. I disagree with you about your economic theory. Okay, that's not a biblical thing that you should be telling me I'm in sin because I'm woke. Right. None of that. And at best, at best, they can, they can say they make principles from, you know, a bunch of scriptures. But even The one then, I've heard the like, most yeah. is... Like, literally, all of, no offense, the one that I hear the most is banana. <laughs> it's wild eisegesis. And some of the people who, like, say it with a straight face, I'm like, but you, you know hermeneutics, though. Like, <laughs> you know how to study the Bible. Like, right. the whole no condemnation, it's like, <sighs> that doesn't even pass <laughs> its own test. Are more people saying that now? I have heard. In love, let me wow. let me think about this in a loving but truthful way. Wow. I mean, I'll say what Jamar says. This I agree with. Racism's lazy. Amen. Like, I don't think a lot of the people, especially in the pews, not on the platforms and sometimes the pulpits or the blogs or the books or the conference tours. I don't think a lot of the people in the pews have mulled this over a whole lot. Let's uh, unpack this for listeners just for a second. Some people are saying, based on Romans 8, the passage that says in verse 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Yes, that basically anyone who is bringing up wokeness preaches condemnation on us, right. therefore it's out of line with Scripture, and it's like, mm. what in the... What planet are you yeah. on? Because what you are just doing is condemning wokeness and there's no condemnation. Well, <laughs> like, what are what's, you doing? What's really hilarious, actually, about using this particular verse is that it actually renders as correct and biblical the arguments that supposed wokeness makes. Because yeah. if you look at the context of Romans 8, verse 1... The condemnation that Paul is speaking about coming against people is the condemnation of the law, which in chapter 7 he says is holy and righteous and good. So if in fact what they're saying is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in response to people who are trying to point out racist attitudes and ideologies within the church, they're actually saying that these critiques are biblical and correct, which I don't think is what they intend to say. It's kind of funny. Yep. It's lazy. Because that's the, con- the condemnation is on a justification level. If you read Romans chapter 6, Paul's point isn't that no one has anything to repent of. His point is that we don't make ourselves right before God. When we look at the law, we see a standard that no one can meet. And so... Christ pays for sin. So in case anybody missed that, what Trevor was saying is that that very bad argument, what that unintentionally does is points back to saying, yeah, just because we're falling short of God's standard, like we still have Christ and therefore like our falling short in our flesh doesn't override the redemption of Christ. And you're just kind of admitting fault. 
And our response to that would be, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally the entire basis for walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Read the rest of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're in Christ Jesus, repent of your racist ideology. We're not trying to condemn you. We're just trying to get you to like turn. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know how many of the anti-woke proponents, I guess, uh, or individuals who kind of peddle that, I don't know if they're engaging so much with other Christians who believe this. I know to some degree they are, um, but I I, th- I feel like every time I, I do hear someone who is engaging with this, it's a lot of what... Uh, the secular world and this, how yeah. the secular world analyzes this, and it is hateful and it is condemning. And you know, getting this fringe comment from this person from BLM who says black people are more mm-hmm. superior, and they grab that thing and say, "We'll see exactly," and it is leading to this anti-white racism. And it's like I, I feel like that's a bit disingenuous because those who are seeking to honor Christ as they recognize the issue of racism. They aren't using these bad arguments. They're interacting. No, they're interacting with a bad very faith? bad faith, super juvenile, out of context sound bites and snippets that they can blow out of proportion and turn into straw men. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little bit of one and off the point, a little bit. But I do think, all to say, I do think there are some legitimate differences. In the one side saying, hey, here's a sin issue, and if you don't repent of it, you're not in the kingdom. And the other side saying, what I'm saying is it doesn't seem like on the anti-woke side, it's rooted in a scriptural, doctrinal, historic, traditional, orthodox understanding of scripture that can be demonstrated as a historic point of faith and message, right? Or anything and even confession. Clear. In any clear way that you're calling somebody to that they're wandering from, on the other side, you can you can point to that. And so I think that textually it's different. I think pastorally it's different. Like if I think about a pastor sitting down with someone hmm. and trying to help them in either of these issues, coming from either side. So if I think about a, a pastor on the anti woke side trying to come alongside somebody in their congregation they thought was so they woke. feel like it's woke, yeah. Yeah. What does that conversation look like? And and if Man. anybody has idea about like what that would look like, please tell me. What scriptures are they going to? How are they exhorting this person towards Christ-likeness? How are they exhorting them towards holiness? Mm. And how are these things intrinsically tied up in the idea of that is called wokeness? Right. So we can, can speak be, to that a little bit. Like we've yeah. had, and I don't want to get too explicit here. We've had lengthy conversations with at least one of the figures kind of deeply involved in this. And after two and a half hours, maybe I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm an ignorant man, but after two and a half hours, I did not have clarity on the, the, the point of condemnation. This, this man was very worked up. He, he appeared to be very fearful, but he was clearly very condemning of a thing that in the, the span of two yeah. and a half hours that was not defined. Correct. Yeah. And whereas, so, and it was all about historical data. It was all about 
social talking points. Mm-hmm. It was all about all of, we were talking about sociological studies. We were talking about history. What we didn't do was open up the scripture and say, okay, this passage, it is and when we sin did. to do this or that. Yeah. Where we did disagree was on some of the stuff we've already talked about. Like, hey, how are you interpreting Matthew 18? How are you interpreting Romans 8? No, but I'm saying when we did open up the scripture, it was not like, oh, here is the anti-woke argument from scripture. It kind of... It fell apart. Yeah. And not because we're so great and smart, but like... Because it's just not rooted in scripture. It's not. It's It's a culture war. Yeah. Straight up. So I think about pastorally... And then I think functionally is the big difference is mm, on the yeah. one side, the anti-woke argument functions to use institutional power, church power, school, institutional power that are, you know, seminaries and stuff that are connected to the church to silence people who are thinking differently about cultural issues. That is really what the anti-woke argument is, is seeking to do. It is. It is to, to deplatform and to shut out of the community. To cancel, if you will. To, honestly. Sure. Um, folks who disagree with a certain conservative viewpoint. Whereas on the other side, you have pastors, Daniel Hill, and you've got a leader of a nonprofit, Jamar Tisby, who are saying this racism issue is going to hurt souls. And churches need to pastor people through it. They're not trying... Listen, these guys are not in institutions, kicking out people over disagreeing with them on affirmative action or whatever political point. Sure. Right? They're not getting people fired from ministry jobs and kicking people out of the church because they disagree with certain talking points on their side about what racial progression would look like. They're saying, listen... (laughs) these ideologies they don't they don't square with the heart of god yeah that's it the end and and so one serves to shut down discussion and shut down and deplatform people and it's very it seems very clearly like not only just aimed for that effect but also having that effect that we can point to examples and on the other side it seems convictional you see the difference? Like, it's yeah, to point to the heart and make you feel uncomfortable in your pew. Right. To the point where you get to repentance, because that's that's the exactly. ultimate thing. I don't know one pastor who's saying, look at the white person next to you, say, I hate you, and you should feel ashamed <laughs> for being white. Like, oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, this no. is, it, it's a talking point but you'd that think has that. no weight. It's It's like, it's like. It's helium. It's just, it's so Mm -hmm. light and it floats away so easily. And that's not the conversation that we are trying to have. What we're saying is this ideology and the systems and institutions of racism, especially as the church has engaged and dealt with it or the lack thereof, has had time to grow and fester. And we need to do our due diligence not to create a perfect world. It's not, the point is not to have a utopia it's not the point. The point is, this is something that is not knocking at the door. This is something that is in the house. And we mm-hmm. ought to do everything that we can on this side of heaven to uproot that and think differently to where racism doesn't have a comfortable place in church to grow. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, on, on that functional leg, the, the Daniel Hill, Jamar Tisby, Robert P. Jones, all those guys are saying, 
There is holiness and there is sin. And we, we want to encourage you away from sin to holiness, to honor God, to honor your neighbor, and, and to live in a Christ-like way in the space and time you're in right now. Yep. And the other side, the functionality of it is shut up and get with the program. Right. And, it's a, and just like you so said that, earlier, those are Phil, not equal. Those are not yeah, equal. A lot of it is built around fear. It's they're coming for you. They're coming for your kids. They're coming yeah. for your education. Hide they're, your wife. They're coming. And it's not that you have to agree with a specific formulation of what ministry looks like or, or um, solutions. racial this isn't justice about solutions. looks like or what solutions looks like, mm-hmm. but it is about what's in your heart. If you're unwilling to examine what's in your heart, if you're unwilling to and get in spaces where things like that are going to be, like we talked about, exposed and, and have to interact with it, right? If you're going to just duck the conversation entirely, look over here in our 80%, 90%, sometimes 100% white church, <laughs> completely ignore and pretend that the segregation that created that situation doesn't exist Which and doesn't impact us. Completely stay disconnected to our communities and our neighbors. Like, there's just multiple layers of scripture that we're having to walk past to try to avoid this issue. And so it's not necessarily about, oh, you have to get on this specific program or you have to get on this specific response or you have to get on this specific political point or anything like that. But if you have no engagement with these things, when there's so many scriptures that seem to point to the way that we need to be faithful to Jesus in this society that he's ordained that we be born into, then how can you do that? And, and, and the answer are, is, you I mean, maybe can't. It's probably, we've probably published it by the time this comes out. You're, you're the religious leaders in the Good Samaritan who right. are content in your keeping of the law and your ignoring of the brutality to your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus condemned that and i i also want to say just as a as a a small caveat um it's not not super pertains to the email but i do want to say that we're not preaching or at least i haven't heard it preached that in black and brown communities there's no responsibility all things are just oppression and it is to say that that is not something that we are saying because I have well, heard we're not it talking also. about that at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard that peddled as well <laughs> as like you guys are just saying anything that happens to somebody who's not white, it is because of racism. That's so many it. whack talking points. We're not going to try to no. shoot all yeah, those. Yeah, I just want to make sure that's known. We we're not talking about that. We're talking about where it does exist. Right. There there are specific patterns and. Th- theologies, honestly, and ideologies that folks need to address. And I think one of the reasons why we struggle with it is because we really don't live in empathy for the Pharisees, for people of the past. I mean, the reality is we, it's like we expect, and I know this will be my last thing, but it's, it's like we expect that being racist is going to feel like, oh, down with the black people. Oh, I want to just exploit other people at any cost. It's as if we think 
that that was what it felt like or what was in the minds of all the people throughout history mm-hmm. or that what was in the heart of the Pharisee and the Levite was, oh, I just want my ministry position. Oh, forget everyone else. No, you, the, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked, y'all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that. When you are upholding the evil, it can feel very much like I'm going to preserve my culture, my Christian culture that God gave us. Like, I'm going to uphold this order, which God, like, and if you look at the Confederates, that was how they thought of themselves. If you look at the Ku Klux Klan rhetoric of today, that's exactly the messaging. It's so, I think it's a failure of empathy to imagine that what it would really feel like to try to uphold racism was to just have such animus and such hatred towards someone else as if it wasn't all throughout history that systemic and institutional racism was preserved by people who were on a crusade to preserve what they believed was their holy and righteous culture. Yeah. Not only is sin lazy, it's it's deceptive. It's not going to make itself obvious that it's sin. And it's just like we read in J.C. J.C. Ryle's book, Thoughts for Young yep. Men. It's not just going to make this announcement. Hey, it's like hey, I'm sitting here. I'm I'm racism. Hey, I'm I'm going to sit right next to you, and uh, don't worry about me. I'm just I'm I'm doing okay. It's not going to do that. It's going. It's just like you said. It's going to masquerade itself almost in some cases like holiness like it looks mm-hmm. like it's the righteous and holy and right thing to do and before we go uh before we wrap this up i'll also put a plug in for one of the very best tweets i've ever seen every now and then i share it it wasn't amin's but he and the Southside rabbi account shared it it was talking about like reform theologians be like i'm this wicked wretched worm like incapable of anything good da 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 but 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 racism no, and then it was the me. um it's a rick ross video is no, no sir no. not me <laughs> it's like you, you just look like a fool if you're like no the heart is wicked who can know it but i can know mine yeah and it's Especially perfectly it comes racially this. pure yeah with with all of the analogs and parallels historically to things to like that happened 30 years 70 ago years or 50 ago. years yeah. like these things, this is very recent history that we are walking in the exact same patterns and, of, but are oblivious to. And, mm-hmm. you know, imagine the history doesn't exist. The very clear teaching of Jesus and his apostles and the spirit of Christ throughout the entire scripture. So, yeah. So huge shout out to, to Austin and Thanks just sparking so that question and that content because I think it's, it's needed necessary and hit us back i mean we've this is pretty fresh so so we're really looking forward to um any having any thoughts anybody else too um as you're as you're hearing this any holes that you would think of in in the in our thinking yeah if we think we missed something hit us up yeah any any flaws or problems any any biblical arguments you feel like are missing in that or or flawed we want to hear that hit us up with that for sure Shoutouts. My shout out this week is the uh, 1977 Russian film, The Ascent. Uh, Criterion Collection recently put out a new 4K Blu-ray of it. It used to be on like an Eclipse set, which was kind of like a subset of the Criterion Collection where they would, instead of putting one 
really like packed out edition. They would put out many movies by like important creators, things like that. So the director, uh, Larissa Shapitko, kind of had a tragically short film career. She died when she was 41. She only mm. made four feature films. And this was the last one she made. It won the, the Golden Bear in Germany. It was the equivalent of like the best picture in Germany that year. It's uh, one of my favorite like subgenres of movie. It's like a very humanistic anti-war war film. Um, also huh. with a little bit of religious allegory in there. It's called The Ascent, but the name actually kind of translates better The Ascension. It's about these two men who are captured and kind of the different trials that they go through and the different choices they make for themselves and for their cause and for their community. Really, really wonderful film. Mm -hmm. And this week I was just kind of going through some of the special features on the new Blu-ray, really moving stuff. Her husband who survived, he was a filmmaker. And then her son had like tributes to her and a bunch of stuff. And I just, I hadn't forgotten about how good it was, but I was reminded about how good it was. So if you are up for reading subtitles, uh, go to your library, go to Amazon, check out The Ascent. I guess a disclaimer for The Ascent. There's nothing like lewd or anything like that, but it's a pretty, and there's definitely some scenes of uh, harm <laughs> and war that are uh, not light viewing. So I, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some unsettling scenes. I got, got you. It, yeah. Good, uh, you tie that one in. It's not a Friday night date movie. Good word, yeah. good word, yeah. So for mine this week actually just jumped into this limited series kind of docu-series on Netflix called High on the Hog. My wife found this, actually pointed it out to me. We watched the intro episode. It's super moving. Basically, the premise of the show is they are exploring the African roots of many of the popular foods that we enjoy in America. It's kind of showing how Food tells a history and a story of heritage, of lineage, of ethnicity, and gets transformed. It and sounds all this kind of stuff. really interesting. It's super mm-hmm. moving, super interesting. And so uh, I'm looking forward to checking the rest out. And I learned some stuff right off the bat in the first like 20 minutes of the very first episode. They point out the difference between a yam and a sweet potato, for example. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, that like... It just, I didn't know. Um, I always thought, oh, I guess those are basically interchangeable. It's like, nope. Um, The more you know. Very, very different. So (laughs) all sorts of really um, amazing, interesting tie-ins. Where where the word gumbo came from and what the tie-in is, what's the significance of that. So some, some really cool things that you'll learn watching High on the Hog on Netflix. Nice. Man, that sounds great. I want to definitely check that out. Um, my substance shout out this week is actually a YouTube channel um, called ABBA and Preach, uh, A-B-A and Preach. Um, there, I'm telling you, That's so good I, stuff, I man. got to give a disclaimer. They, they are not Christian. It's secular content. So they're every now and again, they try to edit um, any language that might be in there. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I will say these guys, I I would say if, if, if we started like on YouTube doing videos, I feel like we would be the Christian version of Abba and Preach. Uh, If we could condense it down to like 20 minutes, (laughs) they, they cover an array of topics. They're basically a topic toss up on all different kinds of topics. (laughs) And 
Um, and they're both stand-up comedians, and so some of their content is very funny. But also, man, it's it you can tell these guys are very thoughtful. These are some super, super thoughtful guys who just has you know, a wealth of common sense as well as some research uh, intellect. It's just, it's, they it's got that always, hustle too. There, there's views are through the roof. Yeah. And they just, they just recently, maybe in the last six months, got over um, a, a mil. Yeah. Um, so they got they, their YouTube award three months ago. It's definitely one that is pretty balanced because they, they don't seem to lean when it comes politically and they're Canadian anyways. Um, so I definitely recommend if you have some time. I mean, this is even nice to just throw on while you're doing stuff around the house and just just listen. Um, so if you have time, uh, hop on YouTube and uh, go check out I've Been Preach. All right. Well, if you like uh, what you've heard on the substance today, thanks. Just from us, by the way. Yeah. Um, like we said at the top, if you like what we're doing, we're at 79 um, Apple reviews. We'd love to get to 100 here. So. If everyone who listened hit that five star button, man, we'd you be, could be number eighty. We'd be doubled. How cool would that be? Hey, you could be very, very. You could cool. put that on your resume. <laughs> we are also running a campaign. Our twenty one in twenty one. We are living in the day and age where it's helpful to support the creators that you like. So consider becoming a monthly supporter. Five dollars or higher. Twenty one in twenty one. Or if a monthly support is not your bag hit us up on cash app you can use it like an online tip jar at any time you can hit us up at dollar sign the substance pod throw us a couple of bucks throw us a whole lot of bucks if you want do whatever you like okay we have one listener who's kind of using that as the monthly he's giving us the same amount every month just kind of uh, respect it's great so if you want to become a monthly supporter on cash app whenever you want do it that way set a reminder whatever but we appreciate everybody who does that Absolutely. Um, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Substance Pod. And you guys already know how it goes. Um, that's where our guests are going to be. That's where our shout outs are going to be. That's where our giveaways are going to be. It's a great place for you to engage with us um, in the comments section, or you can create your own post and tag us in it. Let us know what you thought about today's uh, topic. Definitely always willing to revisit the hot dog is a sandwich conversation because it is. And definitely everything that we talked about, because we we do have quite a bit of content on social justice topics, um, and we know that everybody doesn't agree with us. Um, so we we want to engage with that. We it, again, it's engaging the culture without the war aspect. So please let us know what you think um, in the comments section, or um, like we said, create your own post, tag us in it, and just engage with us on social media. So as you could tell uh, from this episode, we really do enjoy our listeners' emails, and you can email us, be one of those folks um, who's getting us to think and engaging with us so we can uh, talk about it on the show at thesubstancepod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a message on our phone line. We can hear your voice. We'd love to hear testimonials, uh, impact, things like that at 913 913- seven zero three three eight eight three we appreciate everybody joining us we appreciate the consistent listens the the thoughtful engagement and we will see you next time on the substance peace
but but see you're interpreting data not quite right because you're thinking not of quite it, white not not <laughs> <laughs> not too so see you're interpreting the data not quite not quite right <laughs> not, not quite, quite white <laughs> 